Hey, Victory family, thank you for coming to church today. I'm so excited because Darla and I are away spending some time together this weekend. I want to thank our dream team and our directors for allowing us to be able to have time away together. But you are in store for a special treat. One of my good friends all the way from Kentucky is bringing the word today. So hey, let's get up on our feet and let's give a victory welcome to my friend, Pastor Mareed. Yeah. You guys can be seated. You can be seated. Hey, just want to first and say thank you for um, Pastor Troy and Darla for just allowing me the opportunity. Um, we've become good friends. That's true. I'm here with my my lovely wife, April. Yeah, shout out to April. Just real quick. So we we started dating in middle school, became high school sweethearts, and then we got married shortly after we graduated high school. So she's been pursuing me for years, and I finally. I finally gave in. Just super excited to be here. Um, we have three amazing kids. Let's see, I have a picture of my kids. So it's uh, Zoe on the left. It's Nia and Kai. Um, my, my my youngest, my caboose. Come on, somebody. He's the he's the end of the train. You, know, you get one kid, it's it's two on one. You get two kids, it's two on two, and it's three kids gotta go zone. Come on, somebody. So we we are. We are blessed. Um, just a little bit about me. I, I'm from Atlanta, Georgia. It's a, it's a small town south of Rome, Georgia, if you're familiar with the Georgia. Uh, so I, I grew up there, and then my wife and I, we got married, moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma, went to Bible college there, and then moved to a small town called Russellville, Kentucky. Anybody know where that's at? Exactly. I go with this one, one person. Yeah, it's a very, very small town. I could not believe it. You know, I grew up in this city, so I moved to this town. It's like... Uh, in, um, it's hayfields, it's corn, and it just inspired me to, to, for, to sing a song this morning. It was, Green Acres is the place to be, but the farming is that life. And so, so that's what I felt like. It was completely different. Um, we, we, we started the church five years ago, kind of just like you guys. Um, and, and it's predominantly, um, when we first started, it's it was predominantly white. Um, and all the black people I was related to, come on, somebody. All my, it was my family. Um, and, and, and now it's, it, it's changing over, but I like to say we have a church full of cowboys and homeboys. Come on, somebody. It's a crazy mix. We have some, some ex-Mennonites. We have some Baptocostal people. This is an interesting thing that God is doing up in, in Russellville, Kentucky. But so honored and privileged to be here with you guys today. Pastor Troy and I, we, we talk all the time about what he has on his heart for you guys, and I'm just excited to just come here and share, and, and I feel like in a way I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, but I just want to take this Sunday morning, just re-encourage you about what you're doing and, and why it makes a difference, and uh, a long time ago, a couple years ago, or I, w I went to a conference, and I heard um, Willie George um, preach, and he, he preached on these three areas, and I just want to start off by talking about that and just get deeper into what I feel like I want to share this morning and the first thing is the, is the power of the pulpit, that, that if a church is going to be successful, the power of the pulpit is, is very, very important. And the power of the pulpit is, is found in Mark chapter 16. It's, it's Jesus giving these commissions for us to go out and do something. So we all heard of the Great Commission, but sometimes it can be broken down into five different commissions that God gives us. And this first one is he said to go into all the world and preach the gospel, the good news, Jesus crucified and resurrected to all people. And people are saved by the power of the pulpit. Very, very important. The, the second thing that we, we, we believe it's very, very important for every single person is, is the power of the Spirit. 
We, we talked about how this church that I, I, I get to pastor, I'm privileged to pastor, has all these different people from different backgrounds. But one thing that we will not budge away from is the power of the Holy Spirit. Come on, somebody. That, that we as a church, we're going to do all that we can do to, to help reach people. I mean, we're going we're gonna to have it smelling good in the lobby. We're going to have mints in the bathroom. But if the power of the Spirit of God isn't there, man, we're not doing anything. It's the power of the Spirit. And in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus commissions us to go. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes up on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and all the ends of the earth. See, people are empowered by the power of the Spirit. You, you have this thing called growth track and what's so amazing about the growth track is as you discover how God has wired you and now he can use this empowerment that he's given you to make a difference in the lives of other people the next thing that's super important for every single church is the is the power of the circle the power of the circle Matthew 28 verses 18 and 20 says then Jesus came to them and said all authority in heaven has been given to me. He says, therefore, because it's been given to me, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. For us, our church, we say all the time that life happens in circles, not rows. My wife and I, we were first gotten married, and, and I, I did not grow up. We did not grow up with any kind of biblical marriage understanding. We didn't see any kind of um, um, biblical marriages. And we came from families that had all divorced. No one in our family had stayed married, so divorce was a big deal. So we joined this church, and we became a part of a small group. And in that small group, I was taught how to be a husband, how to be a father. How to, how, how to still be loving on each other after 20 years. Listen, hey, life happens in circles and not rows. You see, people are discipled in circles. And I just want to encourage you. I don't know where you are in this spiritual journey that you're on, but listen, you're lying to yourself if you think you can make it through life just all by yourself. God has a circle for you, and I just want to challenge you. And I know this is, I'm echoing what Pastor Troy would say, but I want to challenge you to find your circle. When we started our church, we didn't know what it would be like. So for me, I'm I'm very bottom shelf kind of a thinker. So I thought, well, if, if church, what if church is like recess? Come on, somebody. What type of game would, would our church be like? So, so at first I was thinking double dutch. Anybody know, anybody know how to double dutch? Yeah, yeah. But, but like I said, it's, it's rural Kentucky, and we ain't got the rhythm for double dutch. Come on now. We just ain't got it. <laughs> it ain't there. Uh, so, so I started thinking, man, uh, when I, was, I lived in Brooklyn, New York when growing up, so we didn't have any grass in our, in our area that we played. It was, it was all cement, and we had this hill, and we used to play king of the hill. And you would stand on top of the hill and push anybody else down. And I think a lot of times church is like that. You got these power families that have been here since the start. They, they hold on to the little areas of power and they push people away. And, and I said to myself, I don't want a church that's all about king of the hill. Who's more, who's more important. And, and, and then I started thinking about what's a game 
that I played in recess that I wanted our church to be like, I'm thinking about it, thinking about it. Then it came to my mind, I, I want our church to be like Red Rover. <laughs> Red Rover, Red Rover, send Denise right over. Come on, somebody. And, and when, when you're playing Red Rover, right, right, when, you, when you're playing Red Rover, you would hold hands, and, and you would call somebody over, and the way to win the game, the, the game is dependent on the strength of the relationships that are holding hands. That, that we wanted to be a church, and, and that we should be a church where, where people are running away from the things that life has for them. They're running away from addiction. They're running away from abuse. They're, they're running away from abandonment. And what's holding them together, what's keeping them at victory, is the relationships we've established as a church. Listen, we were all created to be known. And the power of the circle is this opportunity to be actually known by somebody. And, and our church, our churches should be, this, the, the strength of it should be based on our relationships one to another. And I know I'm just here really echoing what, what Pastor Troy would say to you. But listen, I'm encouraging you this summer to get involved in the small group. Go to the yoga. Come on, ladies. You may not even like baseball. Go to the baseball game, fellas. Because if you think that you can live your life all by yourself, you are utterly confused. I thought utterly because I'm from the country, and I thought of utter, you know, I just started random. That's how my mind works. I don't know. I saw, I saw a cow right then, and I, I saw it's a random story. So I'm, I'm living in, in Russellville, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to jump into the story later on, but but they mentioned all these different things that they do, and I, I wanted to experience it. You know, I grew up playing in the fire hydrant. Anybody know about that? Am I, am I the only one from the city? Okay, there we go. So I playing the fire hydrant, um, and so I, I move here, and they're telling me all these crazy things they do. They say, hey, there's a thing called frog gigging. Anybody familiar with frog gigging? Okay, a couple people, because they laughed. Um, so they said, hey, hey, let's go outside, and you're going to get you a gig. And I didn't know what a gig was. But basically, it's a long fork. And then, okay, so long fork, and, a, and you go out to a pond, it's late at night, you shine your light. And you know, I'm out there, you know, I, I was kind of spooked with insects. So you get your light outside at night, you get, it's like. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I want to experience this. I want to get to know the people. I, I, so I'm out here with a frog, I'm shining, and you'll, you'll spot a frog. And someone else will sneak up around this frog with this long gig. You know, get in the back. And I was like, okay, that's what y'all do. <laughs> that's what y'all do? Really, that's what y'all do? But, but I was just getting to know the people in my community. And, 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 and I feel like God has called us, church, to not run from our community. Because what can happen is we can create our Christian bubbles. That, 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 you, that you can live in, 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 in this area of Tennessee and still not know your area. And the challenge is for us to be like Jesus. And, and we find in, in Luke chapter 9 this, this, this example on, on what the church should feel like. Luke chapter 9 says, when the apostles returned, so Jesus had just sent them out. He says they reported to Jesus what they had done. He says, then he took them with him and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. The story continues. But the crowd learned about it and they followed him. He watched them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God. And he healed those needing 
healing. I just want to stop and talk about this, that, that Jesus has, he, he closed the gap in his healing. That here is this man who, 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 who created the heavens and earth, who is the son of God, is now laying his hands on people. Jesus got close. And what I'm saying to you is, man, you got to get close to the community that you're in. And, and he decided to, to lay his hands on people who, who we, we may deem unworthy. He got close. It continued, and it says, Late in the afternoon, the twelve came to him and said, Send the crowds away so they can go around to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because this was a remote place. I, I think about where we are. We're, we're in a remote place. Come on, somebody. Like, we, 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 like I was telling someone that I grew up in Atlanta. I, I lived in traffic. I spent most of my life just in traffic. Now traffic to me is being behind the Amish. Come on, somebody. That's traffic. McDonald's drive-through. That's traffic right now. So, I, so I, I feel your pain. I know, I know, I know traffic. And he's in a remote place. He's, he's all by himself. He's with this large group of people. Verse fourteen says, "Sorry." Verse thirteen. Thank you for keeping me on track. He says he replied, "You give them something to eat." The answer: We only have five loaves of bread and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. And I kind of like that because it's showing that it sounds like they could have paid for it if they wanted to. So they were a church that they had their finances together. It goes on. It says about 5,000 men were there. But he said to the disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so and everyone sat down. I just want to point this out. First point in this message is. God brings order before the blessing. He, he, he is preparing to bless people, but before he wants to do it, he brings order. What we see in, in, in Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, God is preparing a place for us to, to rest in or, or to abide in. So, so if you're on the Dream Team, I just want to give you a shout out right now. Thank you, Dream Team. If, You, you, you've prepared a place. Uh, I don't know if you guys use planning center, but if you you're using planning center, you're scheduling, you're 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 bringing order because God said, "Hey, Victory Church, you may have three services one day. Come on, somebody, five services. I'm keep pre <laughs> seven services. No, like, Whoa. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I, when I, I talked to Troy. And he was like, I was like, what time do the services start? He said, well, the service only starts at 9. I was like, oh, just one? So we do three services on Sunday morning. So uh, it, it gets real. Come on, somebody. It's like, okay, here's the last service. This is all I got. You know, I just, I just chug some coffee and just run up there on the stage and, and to go at it. But, but God brings order before the blessing. I was just thinking that, that what if God sent us 3,000 people, but because we didn't have any order, we weren't able to feed them? What a tragedy. He brings order before the blessing. Next part of this story that to me is, 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 is amazing. It says that taking up the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and he broke it. And, the, and, and when he broke it, it, it multiplied. And this is what I believe firmly. You see that God does what only he can do. That, that we're a church, that we're going to be as, as organized as possible. We're, we're going to do our very best to show up here on time. We're going to make sure the lobby looks good. But we understand that, man, 
Jesus is the one that's going to do what only he can do. That, that I'm not going to talk anybody into Jesus. Come on, somebody. But the Spirit of God is going to reveal himself. Like my responsibility is just to prepare a place where people can encounter God. I just want to thank you for those who serve in this dream to be a part of the process. Just sitting here getting ready for this service today. Worship is happening. I feel like God was, was speaking to people. God is speaking to people. And I'm thinking to myself, man, God is allowing me to be a part of this process that he's doing right now. What an opportunity. And I just want to speak to the person who may be serving on the dream team or who may be serving for a while or may have served in the past where, where serving had got so burdensome. That you forgot, man, God has provided this opportunity for me to serve. It's, it's crazy because he performed the miracle of breaking the bread, and he could have just miraculously fed everyone, just, just like that. But he allowed the disciples to be a part of the process of feeding people. I'm reminded of what happened in Acts chapter 9 where, where Paul has this conversion experience. We see that Paul is knocked off of his high horse. He is immediately blinded. And, and now God sends him to a, a, a street called Straight. And what's happening in this, in, in this town is this man, Ananias, is, is praying and seeking God. And, and now God speaks to Ananias about Paul. And what, what happens sometimes in church is we all desire to be Paul. We all want to be the celebrity. We, we all want to be the hero of the story, but the real hero is, is Ananias because what's happening is, is God is speaking to Ananias' heart. And now Ananias comes to Saul, and Ananias argues with God a little bit, but he steps out. He, he steps out of his comfort zone. He, he steps out beyond fear. And maybe you're in this room right now where God is saying, I need you to step out, and now you're struggling with your comfort zone. You're struggling with fear. Ananias goes to Paul, who was Saul at the time, and he says, basically, man, I see great things in you. And he begins to speak life over Paul. And the Bible says as soon as he spoke it, it's like scales fell from his eyes. I pray that we become a church full of Ananiases. That you see the couple coming in the church on Sunday morning, struggling, fresh off an argument. Come on. We're at the baseball game, and we see a guy we've been going to, to church with for a while, and we walk over to him. We position ourselves to, to walk in love and humility, and God gives us a word of encouragement to speak life over somebody. I pray that we are a church not desiring to be the Paul, not desiring to be the hero, but desiring to be the Ananias. Listen, we need a church full of people who position their hearts to love on people in miraculous ways on Sunday morning who would step up and be dream team, dream team leaders and, and small group leaders that you would invite people into your household and you would look right into their eyes and say, listen, you, God has called you to be a woman of God. God has called you to be a man of I see great things in you. In the feeding of the 5,000, we see blessing. We see order. We see opportunity. I realize that my position and my calling as a pastor is to provide opportunities for people to step out and do what God has called them. And the disciples picked up the 12 baskets and broken pieces that were left over. Like there was 
more than enough. Jairo. I just want to pray over this church. I just want to pray over you as individuals. I, I love saying in our church is that we're all on a spiritual journey. We're, we're all headed here somewhere. Like, like you may be on this part of the journey where you're listening to Jesus from afar. And this morning, Jesus wants to invite you just like he invited, he invited Peter, he invited himself into Peter's boat. And maybe God right now is making a claim to you right now. Listen, you've been following me from a distance, but today, this morning, I want you to follow me closely. And anytime the message of Jesus is preached, what happens on the inside of our hearts is the Holy Spirit begins to work. He is working. Like the, the, word, the word of God has its own power to do what it needs to do. Maybe you're in this room right now and God is saying, I'm calling you to follow me more closely than you have. Or maybe you're in this room and you're wrestling with shame and guilt. God knows. He's not only the God who sees you, but he's also the God who hears you. Or maybe you're in this room and you've just been attending victory. And now God is calling you to take serving here in victory. That's the three groups I want to pray for today. So everyone just close your eyes, bow your heads. God, I thank you for the plans and the purposes that you have for each and every person that's in this room. Your word said plans for good, Lord God. Plans that we may have a hope and a future, Lord God, that's found in you. I pray, Father God, that as I'm speaking this morning, Father God, your Holy Spirit is speaking your own specific message to each and every person is here in this room. I pray, Father God, for the courage and the boldness for us to take our next steps. I pray for those who have a background or a history of hurt, Father God, that you're the God who never leaves us or forsakes us, Lord God. I pray for those in this room who are struggling with taking the next steps on how they fit, Father God. I pray, Father God, you give them the boldness and the courage to step out. I pray for those who struggle by going to yoga or the baseball game. Struggling about would they fit in or, or it'll be awkward. I pray, Father God, for boldness for them just to go, Lord God, for them just to sign up and be vulnerable, Lord Jesus. God, I pray a blessing over this church. I thank you for the vision that you've given, Pastor, Lord God. You're going to continue giving more wisdom and guidance and direction, Lord Jesus. I pray, Father God, that he's, as he's away right now, Father God, that times of refreshing will come upon him, Lord God. I pray, Father God, for this a supernatural time of rest, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, you're going to continue to send men and women who are going to be faithful to the call, faithful to the vision, faithful to the heart of the house, Lord Jesus. God, I pray for what you, and I thank you, Lord God, for what you did 2,000 years ago on the cross, what you're doing right now in us, Lord God, and what you desire to do through us. God, we love you, we honor you, we praise you, and we ask all these things in Jesus' name. And everyone said,